Welcome to Ready Layer One. It's a crypto podcast that focuses on the near ecosystem. And this is Who Sharded. It's our weekly news update where we go around the near and Aurora ecosystems and just keep you up to date on what's been going on. It is powered by Near Week. Uh, this week on Who Sharded, we're going to talk about uh, the Stater exploit. We're going to talk about wallets, more wallets, all the different wallets, dozens of wallets. Uh, we have, we're talking a little bit about DeFi and what's kind of going on with there in the landscape there. We're talking about uh, the next phase of sharding happening. So we'll tell you who sharding is near. Uh, and <laughs> wallets. Uh, this, we talk wallets. about wallets. And uh, we're going to keep talking about more wallets on top of the wallets we talked about before. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we just want to highlight some kind of things that are kind of going on there. And we're going to lastly uh, make sure we hit on some NearCon stuff too. So it's an exciting episode. Biggest news of the week, Near has its first legit exploit hack by Stater. What do you call it, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it technically is a smart contract exploit uh, on the, so the Stater, which is uh, liquid staking uh, on Near, similar to like a meta pool. And what it is, uh, well, I guess what happened was that when you transferred the Near X, which is their token, like uh, ST Near, when you transfer it to yourself, it would just double it. You could just keep doubling it and doubling and doubling it. So essentially, you know, infinitely minting Near X for nothing. Until they and, drained, then the person who did it basically did that exponentially and drained the liquidity pools. Yeah. So then they took that and went to Refinance and to Jumbo. Both are, are, are have liquidity pools there. And they went and they drained the Near from those liquidity pools that were paired with Near X. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. That is wild. And for people who don't know, so look, liquid staking is like a really cool DeFi. And also, I mean, is it specifically DeFi? It's basically so you can stake your near with a validator and you get the validating rewards. But then if you do that, your near is locked. Right. So then if you do stake near or like uh, liquid staking, what you do is you let's use Metapool because they're the like reputable. They've been audited. They've been around for a while. Zero hacks. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're. they're they seem to be the more trusting one right now. You take your near, mm-hmm. you stake it with Metapool. Then they mm-hmm. give you a token back called a staked near, mm-hmm. which it's a one-to-one. And then you can use that stake near in DeFi. And that's what Liquid Correct. Staking is, correct? So then you can take that stake near. So say you put a thousand near into Metapool. Mm-hmm. You get back whatever the same equivalent of stake near would be. And it's a slight different because of how they adjust the rewards, which we can get into another time or... Just tune in when we interview the Metapool team. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you take that stake near and you can go to like a DeFi platform, borrow against it or do whatever you want. Exactly. And and the other key part of that is, so what Metapool is doing is they are still, they're staking that near that you put in. So it's, they're essentially still putting it into validators they're still staking it, it's still earning rewards that's how kind of all of that works that's how that that apr and everything comes from that because they are earning on your near that you put in the big change there is that then you can at any time take that same near swap it back out and they'll give you regular near back uh, and they just take a small tiny fee so that's how all of those liquid providers this is across all chains all chains have this so joe okay. with this exploit yeah. You've been really involved in understanding what's going on. You've been talking with some people and it's been really, you've been bringing some info and we've been uh, dropping updates on our Twitter and TikTok. Yeah. What are some key things for the audience to know that's happened? 
what we know and like how this could potentially affect the yeah uh so again like this is not a protocol hack this is not a wallet hack this is not uh this isn't even from a stater's standpoint it wasn't even like that their uh full contract was hacked so there was a bug in their contract regarding transfers where again it's that double it just essentially is creating a, a infinitely double amount of whatever you transfer to yourself uh it was causing problems so what they then did was that they were only able to go and drain the liquidity pools so they couldn't take the money that was already exchanged for saint near so if you had i'm sorry that's near x so if they so if you have near x and you didn't do anything with it you didn't put it in a liquidity pool you're just holding it in your wallet in theory, you, your exchange is still no problem because they are all of the near that they are then putting into validators is still there. That was not touched. The part, though, that really is the problem is that if uh, near X was accepted already at lenders, which it has not been yet, like St. Near is, you know, we'll call it St. Near, but it's just stake near, uh, ST near. If like so like that you can take like burrow you know and you can go borrow against that now if near x was in that scenario already and set up with like burrow that would have caused a more ripple rippling effect because what happens is then is that that user has infinite amount of near x right like they make like a million near x they go borrow against it on burrow and unless Burrow has some kind of trigger, which, you know, I don't know if they have any circuit breakers, which would have maybe caught on to something like that, but they could have put it into Burrow, borrowed, let's say, USDC against it, drained that, you know, borrowed near whatever they want. They're just borrowing everything and wow. essentially wipe Burrow out. Right. And it's with with near X, it doesn't really have any backing to it. So that would have been the larger issue but that didn't happen and it couldn't happen because near x was so new uh and that that's so that that's the the one thing i think we kind of all got lucky with is that it could have brought down the larger ecosystem with that yeah exactly and this is the point in the show where it's like not financial advice uh web3 decentralized finance is extremely risky and when people always say we're early oh no we are way early i mean these this uh stater was like just connected to two things like it just launched right like yeah it, it was new i mean and they were you know they were just trying to get some promotions out now i i think the problem here is like and this is the discussion that you know people are kind of sidestepping around a lot you know but like you and i have been harping on this a little bit here and there especially like on twitter but the problem that i see here is that like they are not be they were not transparent ahead of time Yep. Right. Like, so again, the web three in, in decentralized finance is supposed to be about open, open and transparency. And what's happening instead with some of these where we're seeing, especially hacks, whether it was like slope on Solana, you know, or it's now, you know, stater here uh, on near is that they were not open sourced. They didn't have a real published audit. You know, the audit that they did have, it's not from a reputable group. Yeah. Um, the you know the more reputable group one they hadn't published yet, and it's like okay, this is where as maybe the Web three community needs to step up and say like you can't be 
part of the ecosystem if you're not meeting some basic needs i get the idea of like permissionless and and you know everyone it's open you should be able to do that stuff but like if you're going to go and be able to do that like you need to be audited you need to be open source like you need to have the ability to people really see this because this kind of bug should have been caught yeah like a proper auditing company catches this bug like this isn't some like super complex you know hack and like this isn't some like sophisticated attack this is like you know basic stuff and that's what worries me about the larger landscape of everything of like well you don't want regulation per se but there's got to be some level of standards and you know i i would bet that this situation makes groups like a ref finance go back and rethink maybe hey, maybe we have to change how we evaluate who comes onto our platform yeah i mean it's really a hard uh, sort of problem to solve because so true decentralization is basically like open source, you know, like no one controls anything. Mm -hmm. Let me phrase that. That's not what, but you know what I mean? Like, but how do you, like, do you have full decentralization or full centralization? Right. And some of these companies want to be in a decentralized place, but act like a centralized company. And I think that has been a big issue. And like, can we just like, is there some way to like self self govern? Right. Does that make sense? Like, is there mm -hmm. some way that like, instead of like ref finance or some entity prohibiting stater from doing their thing, it's more mm -hmm. like, okay, here's a a source, go there, stater doesn't have any of the approvals, like badges or whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, they, 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 I'm not putting my money on there. I'm not putting any yeah. near on there because they don't have a true audit. And the audit they do have is from some like hack company. No. Yeah. I mean, look, so th there is a mindset shift that I think is still happening on all levels from user to company to protocol of like what the world is today and what the world is going to yeah and you know part of that for companies is like oh i have this proprietary thing and i got to keep it safe and you know uh, everyone's going to sign ndas and we're not sharing anything with anybody but like really like unless you are truly doing something that is absolutely unique and uh you know you really really can prove that like this is intellectual property that you just don't want to open source, then otherwise you got to be open sourcing your code. Like there's no reason not to, especially like liquids. I mean, again, like this yeah. is not stuff that was super complicated. It's been done. On uh, top of that, if you then are going to stay closed source and you have a good reason for that, then you need like rock solid auditing and you need to be very public about yeah. what your auditing was, what they found, how you remediated it, because that doesn't that doesn't show your IP. I've been through extraordinarily extensive, uh, you know, of audits, you know, on all different levels for different software. And I will tell you, like, you can publish your audit without giving away your IP if that's what you're concerned about. So they got to go and do that. Like, yeah. that's the stuff. And that's now for me like part of my like investing manifesto is now going to be like, let me see your audits, you know, and, Joe, and I need to know that. This is a great question. I want to ask you and you just, uh, what is your, so what is your DeFi investing manifesto? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's, I mean, I guess it's ever changing right now because we're, you know, but I, I will say like, you know, uh, 
never use anything that is like beta or just launched. Correct. You know? Never go beta. Yeah. No, don't go beta. Don't go with just launched. Um, you know, you, you want it to be established. Uh, it's got to be audited by a re- reputed, you know, that's the wrong word. It needs to be audited by a respected uh, company that has done other audits in that space before. Just because they're a software auditing company does not mean they understand crypto or, or anything else. And, or even if they maybe have done other chains, doesn't mean they understand the chain you're working on. So make sure it's a company that's done that. Then I also want to be able to see is what is actually the backing behind what they're doing. Do they have the funds? Do they have a setup to be able to support if something were to go wrong? Can they remediate as best as possible for what they what's, what they have there? And those things are kind of those steps. Then lastly, you know, it goes back to of what do you then do secondarily with whatever you did on DeFi? So if I stake something, am I then going and borrowing against that? You know, like where does my money trail end Mm -hmm. and what am I actually holding in my wallet that I own and control versus what I'm letting somebody else control? And do I feel comfortable with that? And that's the thing you have to look at. If I let, if I put it in, let's say $10,000 worth of X as collateral, and so now I'm holding, let's say, seven thousand dollars of that. That's am too I risky. O- Just am, right. <laughs> that's what an over. That's what collateralized loans are on DeFi, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that maybe that seventy to eighty-five percent. So am I okay if something happens to that three thousand dollar difference? Am is does that crush me? If that crushes me, then that's I can't do that borrowing. I got to hold the original token. If I can do that and I can make other plays and I feel comfortable of worst case scenario, I lose that. Okay. Now, it then comes back to if it's been audited, if it's been trusted, it's being used, that three grand difference is probably safe. Yeah. So I can then make choices from there. But you, you, have, you have to evaluate your own risk and who where you where the actual last bit of tokens stands i i do think that it's it's tricky because uh we you know we play in web 3 a lot and when you start playing web 3 you kind of there isn't a true decentralized web 3 yet so you still are touch points with lots of web 2 so it can be this false sense of security like web 2 still exists when you're in web 3 so Mm -hmm. like you know when i go to vanguard or fidelity or any other investing platform that's web two. That's centralized. There's rules, laws around that. There's government. People go to jail. Not most people, but you know, can, you know, where in crypto, it may look like a really beautiful UX UI mm-hmm. dashboard. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking, oh, I'm just staking some tokens, just like I'm staking a stock. No, 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 no. It is a whole different mindset, risk tolerance. And I think one thing I would add to the manifesto, which I think all your points were great, is my third one, or my third, my addition is um, diversify. Yeah. Because you, if you're ever too much in one platform, I mean, these things, even great ones, like hacks, yeah. bugs, so many things. So just be really cautious out there and not financial advice. No, I mean, it's, you know, and that's why I say like, you have to evaluate your own risk, you know, and find your own risk profile. And I just want to pick up on one thing you just said about Web2 and then we can move on. But I think people also, often also forget 
how much <clears throat> or how many checks and balances that even include humans are in actually Web2. Because when you make an ex- when you try to pull out money out of like your Vanguard account, that goes by somebody's desk. That is not fully automated. That is not just a computer. That's not just some co- smart contract. So that's why there is that other level of something called safety. I mean, we'll put safety in big words, but you know, but there is that other thing. And so you can feel more comfortable. Like someone can't just exploit the Vanguard system because of the way it's structured. When you peel away all of that and there is no more middleman, you know, you have to understand that the technology is only as good as the person who wrote it. I agree. Right. It's still humans writing all of this. It is fail. You know, that's why you have audits, you know? And so, yeah, you, you got to pay attention to all that. Yeah. Joe, that's some really good stuff. And of course we'll keep people updated as more info comes out and all that stuff. 100%. All right. So let's move on. Something uh, we, it's the season of wallets people. And I'm bringing it up again. Cause now there are over 30 different wallets on near. Is that too many wallets? I'm starting to get like the paradox of choice where I like don't I, yeah. I just want like one I want all 30 of these wallets to collectively get together and be like all right let's make the ultimate wallet that's secure and everything. Joe, mm-hmm. what do you think about this and is there any benefit to having 30 plus wallets? <laughs> uh well as a user no. I mean as a user you don't want 30 wallets but uh <laughs> you know pick a couple that you like but uh it's important to remember and you know like it's it's a cheesy saying now in crypto it's like, oh we're early 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 but like near is really actually very early like right like think about when mainnet launched just last year you know and think about like where it is today this is still a, a new frontier so yes you have 30 plus wallets showing up and by by the end of the calendar year it might be at 40 right 50 Jeez. that's okay in the sense that uh, you can jump around between anyone you want, right? Um, the way, again, near handles their keys, it should never be an issue that you have to worry about, like losing your your uh, human readable name, right? So if I was lucky enough to have Joe.near, which I don't, but if I did, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if that were the case and I wanted to go to a different wallet, like that shouldn't make a difference. I should be able to switch around. What it does, though, is it'll we're going to find some winner winners. Like I would be shocked if this time next year, there's still 30 wallets really actively being used, right? Like you're going to see three or four, maybe really come to the, get to the forefront. And one of those could be one that doesn't even exist today. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it just, it, it's fine for choice. People are going to figure out what they want. Um, but, best thing that's coming out of all of this is what near is focusing on is the wallet selector yeah and so what is big. the wallet selector so i've seen it popping up now so like when you're about to click into like one of the dApps, mm-hmm. which if people don't know a whole lot about near what's really cool about it is you go around on uh, the web you could go onto the website and it'll say like connect wallet here and you use your near wallet to get into there right so you basically mm-hmm. carry your keys with you mm-hmm. and it used to just connect you now a little box comes up and has some squares and that's the wallet selector, correct? Yeah. All right. So what is it? How does it work? And can it hold all 30 wallets? <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, and is there somebody looking at these wallets in the wallet selector? Yes. Yes. So the, the wallet selector uh, isn't like, so 
that just there is a little bit of a checks and balance like anyone can submit their wallet to be part of the wallet selector okay. so um but th there is a little bit of checks and balance because the wallet selector is going to be still run by the near foundation uh they are providing that piece and so you can make an assumption, I could be wrong, but an assumption that in order to say, hey, I want to add it to it, that there is some minimal vetting, at least I would assume, maybe more. But what it does is so it when instead of hitting login and instantly going to the like the current web wallet, it will give you a selector and you can pick whichever one you want, whether it's a mobile wallet, a an extension, or a web wallet. Uh, you could go between those. And what's so it, nice and again other chains have similar things to this but what near is trying to do is say trying to make the default always be the wallet selector number one so that way you have that opportunity but number two that because of the web wallet which is kind of unique to near uh you don't always have to necessarily go to websites in uh like like you know, I'll, I'll give the example people can run now. If you use MetaMask and you use it on mobile, you have to go into MetaMask, right, to then use a website that has to connect to your MetaMask wallet. But with Near, you don't have to do that because there's a web wallet. And so you can, if you're a project builder, you can use the web, the uh, the wallet picker, and then, you know, People can use it from wherever they are. So if I'm in my mobile browser, I can use oh. it. If I do use, let's say, a mobile a mobile app uh, wallet, I can still use it in there. I can do all of those things, and I'm not restricted. And for a project builder, this to me sounds like a no-brainer to always put in because it opens up your user base hugely because there's no restriction to it. Yeah. You know. Cool. I really, man, here's what I'm hoping someone out there make this. I want to know, okay, there's 30 wallets. Mm -hmm. I want to go to a page that has 10, 10 metrics, security, UX, you, you know, design, uh, funding, like I, team. I want to see like all the things that each web wallet has, because I think for me, like I want secure. I want like a, a strong team. Mm -hmm. I want it to be do they audit wallets right they like do. yeah i have so to, yes. i want Absolutely. i want to see a multiple audit on wallets like i'm this is where like i think in a good way all the stuff that's happened in DeFi across all like ethereum voyager all this kind of stuff three capital all this stuff i think it's time collectively as a group we're all starting to be like okay security's real like now it's not like just being like hyper kind of dgen pirates on the front wave of some tech now it's like okay got some money i want to make sure i'm putting it like this isn't 2017 anymore where I'm down, I'm loading wallets willy nilly on my computer that I can't even turn on anymore. You know? Right. <laughs> like, this is like, I want like a little bit more thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't stress it enough. If you want mass adoption, you have to figure this piece of it out and yeah. you gotta get, you gotta be able to, to provide a way. Like, I, I think it's a great idea. If someone wants, if you, there's just a website that shows all that in a nice chart, give it to That's me it. you know because otherwise i mean how does somebody who's never done this before start to feel comfortable or someone who's been doing it for years like us feel comfortable like i don't know how to know if someone's been audited but i want someone to i want some sort of uh, checks and balances i'm not saying centralized this could be a decentralized dap that does this in some way i don't know how like that's not that's the, the solution i don't know but that's what i mean i want to know like yeah, yeah. Especially with like 30 wallets, like people are putting real near on these wallets. 
Oh yeah. So yeah. if a wall and look what happened to Solana wallet like that several million dollars gone because of like some seed phrase thing, right? Like that's going to happen with 30 wallets. Some 100%. one of them's going to have an exploit. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I'm more. Yeah. So that's how it goes. Yeah. I kind of feel like we should make a you know those like sports like you know when 32 teams play and you you, you pick winners, we should do that with the wallets. We should do like a an epic long like, tournament the tournament wallet of wallets. Tournament. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, we might be at 64 soon so we could do a whole big like we should sweet yeah yeah <laughs> march madness oh, wallet oh. madness we should wallet madness and you're dude yeah. joe let's do it let's get let's get the uh let's get together but i mean yeah. i don't love competing a whole lot with things yeah but it, that could work um all right uh let's move on to like okay the spaces in the bear market we're like getting into a bear market now. Now now it's starting to feel like 2018, right? Like, you know, people at first were like, I'm ready for a bear market. I'm like, you've never mm. been in a bear market. Because it's not about the drama of a bear market. It's when the yeah. bear market gets boring is when the bear market gets tough to get through. And you can tell crypto Twitter's dying off. Discords aren't popping off nearly as much. It's really getting quieter. There's a whole lot of it's dead. It's dead, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. And this could be another... 12 to 24 months i mean the macro environment is bananas right now like this i don't think we're this doesn't pivot tomorrow so the reason right bring, yeah right. The, the reason i bring that up is not to be doom and gloom but to say that there's still some really good stuff around the ecosystem to get knowledge and build right so joe near week does has been doing a lot more uh, twitter spaces lately and having some really great people on there i like uh is it well, is that person? How do they say it? Rimberjack? Is that how they say their name? Rimberjack. Yeah. Yep. She. She. See, love it. Yeah, she's great. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of Rimberjack. Uh, those Twitter spaces are good. They're doing some really strong ones where they're giving info. Yeah. AVB's podcast. Ah, oh. great stuff, man. I just like a good. I get my tea and I sit and I just listen to AVB go deep with some people. You know, he 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 gets in there. Mm-hmm. The Kurt Schilling one with real birds. That was a good one. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, 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 I definitely will uh, enjoy a conspiracy theory. Uh, what, what other stuff have you been like looking around spaces and stuff like that that you think is like good for viewers to check out? Yeah, I mean the all the different stuff about the DeFi. You know, I, I think any one of those where they have different groups coming on talking about different stuff uh, are, are always good for people to listen to. You know, the spaces too that. I like are even just some of the more community focused ones. Like there's been mm-hmm. some around artists and things like that, just so people get the whole picture of like what is really going on um, in the crypto landscape. And so it's, and I would even encourage people, like if you don't really care about a particular topic, maybe, or you don't think you care about a topic, maybe like pop in for 10 minutes and just see like, Oh, maybe there is something actually here that uh, is, is maybe interesting to me because sometimes they'll surprise you because you don't maybe you don't always understand what a project really is and what's really happening and so uh, these spaces have been really great for that exactly and i was gonna say a couple so ref finance is doing uh some spaces that i like they get into some DeFi, and then also matt lockyer if you don't follow him follow him because he's constantly in spaces and his spaces like today he did one all about like the wallet the thing you were talking about earlier right like mm-hmm. the wallet selector mm-hmm. he's an interesting guy to follow because he gets into some spaces where one, he's not afraid to like speak some very clear truth. Like he doesn't get caught up in like the crypto Twitter ethos, right, right, like right. drama narrative. He's just like, no, this is how things are made, and they're made this way. I helped make them. There's a lot of fud that doesn't make sense. 
mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So people should check it out. I don't know, Joe. What like I was also thinking about like NFTs lately. I did. The only point I would ever make to somebody just like look, stop making it just out like it's a near issue. Like the, the, this, this is an entire crypto space issue. The two more popular NFT based chains of Solana and Ethereum are going through this. You know, that was sure that was the easy way in for a lot of people to crypto as, you know, and it's a really important to understand that like, that's not the only thing that's out there. Speculation is not the only option for crypto. It's not the only use for an NFT. And so this was always going to be how it went. There was no way that any of this was sustainable uh, in any form. It does not mean that NFTs are dead. It doesn't mean that like crypto is dead. It just means that like you got to start being more creative and stop building projects that are a PFP for somebody, you know? I actually think this uh, NFT, the last year of NFTs has been like super popular because or super positive yeah. because you basically just pressure tested a non-fungible token sure. through thousands of projects. You watch people figure every way to sort of to grift off of it, to find the angles, see what works, see what doesn't. And the meta changes, you know, there was a time where you could get in early, grind whitelist, dump on people, move on to the next Mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. get smart people catch on and that should never be a long-term there's no point to have a long-term ponzi system however no. now you're starting to see different projects are coming out they're like okay we've got nfts can yeah. nfts be the next sort of way to use in marketing in web3 which i'm always you know i'm deep in that space trying to figure out how to navigate a marketing stack within web3 you know like how mm-hmm. do you market to people when you can't rip all their info off of uh their phone and all their touch points with cookies Sure. It's, it gets a little trickier. Yeah. yeah. Um, how are companies going to start being able to leverage NFTs as some way to help their already currently successful company add value and use it as a tool that it is? Sure. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think we're we're early to these concepts. Yeah. You know, and this is always the way new technologies go that they're always used for the the easiest path at first, right? And just like the 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 thing that mimics something that's in the the previous like world type of thing right mm-hmm. so yeah i it, look i you know there's not much more to say about nft products right now but if you have something yeah. creative you know show us i'd love to see it <laughs> exactly um cool joe let me hit a couple like highlight numbers of an ear so total yeah. volume locked 500 million over 500 million 504 million i mean that range is with the token price but still pretty stoked on that uh, Nearcon, less than a month away, people, and Joe and I are going to be there with Ready Layer One. Yeah, that's. I think that's going to be really exciting because there are tons of great speakers that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of really interesting happenings going on. Yep. Uh, there is going to be a lot of like new things released mm. in the near ecosystem at that time. Oh yeah. So uh, it, that's going to be uh, definitely an exciting week. Yeah, and also yeah. I'm very excited for Neocon. I think it's going to be a good thing for sure. So Joe, let's. Uh, what's a couple other topics we want to chat about today? Yeah, I mean, the, the last thing for me, you know, that I think is really noteworthy is, uh, especially because it's very near specific, is the testnet release for phase one of uh, Nightshade sharding. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. So that that is going, so what that means is that going to testnet, um, that new 
code that's going to be needed for the validators mm-hmm. to actually support sharding uh, is going live. So right now, um, we've talked about it before here, but just if you, in case you don't know and you're new to this. So right now, there's a competition going on called Stake Wars. And what Stake Wars is doing is essentially testing out what's called chunk-only producers who are going to essentially become the sharding validators, right? So when, as you start to add more sharding, then uh, you, you need these chunk-only producers uh, and validators. So that's going on now. That's its own network right now. It's its own network that they're, everyone's testing on and that the competition is happening on to see how well this setup works. What they just released, though, for the actual proper testnet is the next iteration of the code base to start uh, recognizing the difference between a mainnet validator and a chunk-only producer. And so that's the next step of like, okay, what's, you know, we're preparing to take that group that's on the shardnet and move them to testnet. And then after that goes mainnet which uh, I think is really, uh, it's going to be a really big milestone. Oh, absolutely. And Joe, Joe, you're in Staking Wars. Ready Layer 1 has a validator in Staking Wars. Yes. Uh, and we're top 50, right? Yes, we are top 50. Yes. I mean, in the 30s, or did we even dip into the 20s for a, a chunk or two? Yeah, the scoreboard changes because like people are still joining, and so sometimes like when you like when you first join, like your validator should be at like hundred <laughs> percent, and oh, so yeah. like you shoot up the whole thing, and so it kind of bumps you around. But yeah, I mean, but, but we're we're in the top fifty, and I think they haven't decided how many how many validators are going to take, mm-hmm. but it could be anywhere from like a hundred to two hundred validators out of that group that they're going to move up. Um, but regardless of what happens for us, you know, yeah. I think the important piece is that like this is happening like the sharding and all of this stuff is is coming to near and they're they're meeting their milestones of doing this phased approach and so uh you know we may have a mainnet sharding validation set up uh by the end of the year awesome joe I, I'm, I, I'm excited you know and this leads me to a point like really excited for the shardnet one thing i'm going to bring up that we are going to do a, we're going to talk to some marketing people in web3 in the future but like i am always interested in what marketing dollars should go towards Bora layer one versus what dApps, right? Mm-hmm. So in a decentralized world, who's supposed to market to who and for what? Right. And my belief is that near or any other layer one's main goal right now is to make an amazing layer one. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to be marketing to users because they're not even ready for users. They're ready for DGENs and people who are high risk taker, but they are not ready for like the normies to come on and start getting crypto and flipping around things, right? So to me, like any layer one should just be like, okay, these next few years, we market to devs, getting talent to build the future of Web3. And then dApps are in charge of marketing to bring people to their dApp. Mm -hmm. But all that dApp relies on is the amazing foundation that the layer one builds, so. Yeah, look, the best example I can think of, and it's, it's a loose example, but... I mean, we're, I mean, this is crazy to say that, like, we're getting to the point where, like, there's people who, like, don't remember the beginning of the iPhone, but mm. whatever. whatever. <laughs> Do you remember? Hold up. Do you remember that first iPhone? I was yes. playing Guitar Hero. Guy walks yeah. in, I got a new iPhone. And we were like, whoa. So <laughs> the iPhone was super cool. It was very, very different than anything else that had existed before. Yeah. But that first couple of generations of iPhone didn't actually sell as well as people maybe remember. 
because it just had these limitations and it did not ship with the app store. The app store came later. Yeah. Uh, so and and what when the iPhone took off is when Apple had built enough of an infrastructure in the iPhone to allow developers to be creative and build really cool stuff. Exactly. That made people say, I need to have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And that transition. And so that's, I look at an example like that with any blockchain, but especially we're talking about near here. Uh, near needs to be in a spot to allow developers, which they're doing, to build really interesting and compelling products so that people then want to come and use that. that exactly. That's how that cycle works. If you are just attracting users off the bat, then you're going the wrong way. And now you're trying to play catch up, right? And that it's easy to lose those users just as fast as you've got them. But when you allow for developers and projects and products to come and build on your network mm-hmm. that then drive adoption, that's yep. a much more organic and sustainable way of doing things. I sometimes think about like users are kind of like throwing kerosene or, or lighter fluid on a fire. It sure. looks like really bright for a second, but you didn't yeah. do anything to like fundamentally make the fire any better. This mm-hmm. is my mountain childhood coming out. Yeah. And look, and near has enough funding that, that I'm not like, they don't have to rush out the door, you no. know? And so if, again, if you believe in crypto and you believe in what near is truly trying to build, which uh, one news we should highlight is that there's an updated website. You should check out the new website. The new website, man. Oh, good job. SEO optimized. I can tell. (laughs) And that highlights all the stuff that we're talking about, right? Like it was just like, you know, if you truly believe in decentralized nature, the ability to, you know, have that freedom and have that ownership and, you know, all of those things, well, that's what Nier is trying to build and get across. And so, you know, go with, you know, take your time and go with that and focus on that and stop worrying about, you know, floor price of NFTs and the general token price and all that other stuff that will come like that, that will, that will get there. You got to just keep working towards that infrastructure. Exactly, man. Ah, Joe, this has been a pretty, pretty, like the news is kind of holding off, I think till NearCon, but there was some pretty big news this week. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, like, and subscribe (laughs) smash that like button i don't know we're starting to build our uh, socials so um, right join if you want and you find value in this yeah all right joe good talking to you ready layer one is provided for educational informational and entertainment purposes only without any express or implied warranty of any kind including warranties of accuracy completeness or fitness for any particular purpose you should not make any decision, financial investment, trading, or otherwise based on any of the information presented in this podcast without undertaking independent due diligence and consultant and consultation with a professional broker or financial advisory.